Well, you've seen a lot of flags. We've got the surrender. We've got the white flag today. The white flag. I'm glad these candles aren't real. That would be, I need to, real quick. Help, fire extinguisher. No, when we think surrender, usually we think the negative. Usually we think, oh, I'm defeated. Whatever the enemy meant for me is going to do me in. Usually it means it's the end. And it usually means it's like you've given up and you surrendered. But today we're talking about is a different kind of surrender. And the surrender that you want to do today is a good kind of surrender. You ever have like a project or something that you just don't want to do? And you'd love to say, no, I I'm not going to do it. No, not, not my deal. You ever had a project at work? You're like, I would rather not do that. Or school, I'd rather not do that. And you like to just say, surrender, not going to do it. I mean, what if I told you you had to do something that was really difficult or something that you just would never see yourself doing? What if I said you had a dentist appointment today at 3 o'clock? Wouldn't you love to say, nope, surrender, not doing it. Don't want to do it. I'm out. Or if you had to speak next service and you're giving the, the next message and you're going to give a message in public and you had to get up and speak, you're like, no, no not, not, not doing it. Or you have to endure an opera concert. Some of you are like, yeah. Some of you might be like, yeah, I could do that. Well, then how about a rap or a heavy metal concert? You're like, yeah, no, I'm out. Surrender, don't want to do it. Or maybe like, yeah, I've been there. But something I've said is probably something you wouldn't want to do, that you'd love to surrender and just tap out and say, not me, not doing it. I'm tapping. I'm not a fan. You know, or maybe I didn't hit anything. Maybe uh, putting on a straight jacket full of spiders and jumping out of a plane. Like, nope, not, not doing it, not me. Surrender. But what we're talking about today is a surrendering of things that we shouldn't carry. I mean, we somehow think that if we stress out enough and worry enough and, and just mull things over enough that somehow we can have a perfect plan for our life, that we can fix it all, that we can make it all work. That's like trying to be God of our own life. That's stressful. Surrender that idea. Surrender that idea that somehow you can figure it all out. Because we can't. I mean, that'd be like saying, God, I'm going to take the wheel. I'm going to take charge of my life. Today, surrender that idea. Surrender it. Because we flat can't do that. I'm going to go ahead and give this back to Kevin here. There you go. Thank you. I'm surrendering the flag. But I'm wanting to surrender these, these thoughts, these concepts of, I'm going to do it all. What if I told you, okay, next Friday, by 5 p.m., you have to have solved all your problems. You had to fix them all. That should bring a whole lot of anxiety and stress to you. Get rid of it. Surrendering it. Today is an opportunity to surrender all these things that are just driving us crazy or just eating your lunch on the daily. Let's look at your notes. The definition of surrender means to cease resistance to an enemy or an opponent and submit to their authority. Again, it usually sounds like something that would be terrible, but today... We're going to surrender. Because you know who your enemy is today? Ourself. Right here. Our own mind, our own whatever could be our worst enemy. We have to surrender that and say, God, I know you're for me. I'm going to surrender to you and let you do and work your good pleasure and your will. Again, about surrender, it, like an example, over 140 rebels surrendered to their authorities. What you're doing is surrendering what you think is your authority to a higher authority. Some synonyms, capitulate, give in, give oneself up, 
yield, concede, submit, climb down, give away. That's what I want you to do today. Defer, I love this one, acquiesce. Back down, cave in, relent, succumb, quit, crumble, be beaten. These all sound great. <laughs> but what it is, it's allowing God to move in your life. To not be overwhelmed, to not fall victim, to not take up your own arms, but to raise and show a white flag. So we're wanting to surrender these things today that are just being weights and weighing you down. That's our first point. God's plan for my life is better than my plan. God's plan for my life is better than my plan. Because God has this perspective that we could never have. I mean, God sees you in your life, and all we see is what we've been through and where we're at and where we hope we think we're going. And there's always a disconnect. And we always look at the past and look at our baggage. And sometimes we weigh our future based on what we've been through. But why is it when we look in our past, we always see the garbage? So we look at the garbage in our past, we look at our present, and we somehow think that's going to be our future, our garbage in the future. But if we spend as much time looking at the positives in our past, going, that was the good things that God did. And that's where I am now, and this is what he's going to do. Good things. But it's so easy to focus on the negative. But God has this ability to see where you're at right now, sees where you're at, and also sees where you're going. And it's a, it's a good thing. He has plans to bless you and help you. He has plans to make a glorious future for you. I mean, he has plans for you that would blow your mind, but we have to yield to what he has. You know, my plans, when I was a little Rick, since I was a little bitty guy, I, I was completely set on I was going to the military. I mean, that was my everything. I mean, I grew up thinking that was what I was going to do. But when I was about junior high, my parents were like, you're not doing that. You're going to go to college. And I, I threw a fit. I mean, by this time I was a freshman in high school, I'm like, I know this is what I'm going to do. And I threw a fit. And they're like, finally I knew I wasn't winning that argument. I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll fix this whole scenario. I'll just go into ROTC. Hey, I'll just be an officer. That'll work. And so I did. I, I went into, at first I was a little split. Uh, I was in for a little bit in Army ROTC and Air Force. And finally I thought, you know, my passion was really flying. I already had my pilot's license that I got when I was still in high school. And I'm like, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to pursue this with everything that's within me. And all the while, I knew that God was doing something else in my heart. Because as a new Christian, I asked Christ in my life, and I, and I felt this call of ministry in my heart as a teenager. And I had no idea what that looked like, what that meant, because no one in my family had gone to ministry. We weren't even in church. So I'm like, God, what's this deal about being a pastor? So anyway, I remember praying with my youth leader at the time, saying, this is what my plan is. I want to do this stuff in the military. And he's like, well, that sounds good. I'm like... And I was wanting God to endorse my plan. You ever do that? God, this is my plan. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Is this cool? Can I keep doing this? Is this good? And maybe you're even watching today saying, I've got a plan in my mind. And I'm asking God to bless it. And I don't know if it's what he wants for me. But seek him. But I began to just go down this course of what I thought was my plan. And, and uh, it got to a point to where I was in college and things were really clicking and I had one day to decide if I was going to follow that career path or not of accepting this position in the military. Our uh, detachment commander was a colonel, full bird. He's like, all right, Rick, you've worked hard for this. You're at this point. You're the highest ranked underclassman cadet. You know, you've got the, the positions. You've got everything all lined up. And 
I like to think it was something I did. I really think it was Juanita's cookies. <laughs> she was in there every day, hey, Colonel Shrekker, do you want some cookies? I mean, it's, I mean, we had a great relationship, but it all came down to that day where I had to decide. And Juanita's like, go for it. You've been working so hard at this and things are coming together and it's all clicking and you've put your everything into this. And something in me was like, yeah, I know that's been my plan. But something didn't gel. And I was like, something's not right. But see, I had a perspective of my past and my present and what I thought was my future. And everything in me was saying, this is not what I have for you. That God is wanting me to go a different direction. And I love our men and women of service. God bless you. I'm fully behind you a thousand percent. But somehow, in my own heart, he was saying, I got something different for you. And so I called back up and there's actually a captain I talked to. I said, I, I'm going to pass. He, he was so mad at me. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. You've worked to this point. You're the, the highest person we've got for this selection and you're turning it away. I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll re revisit the idea in the fall, but I just, no. And I know Juanita was shocked. She's like, this is what you're all about. Now you're going a different direction. See, God knew me better than I knew me. He knew that someday I would follow the call of ministry. But at that point, when I was following a different direction, I would have been off deployed for long extended periods of time. And some of you know my, my DNA is I love my family so much. I could not imagine. No one likes to be away from their family. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't think I could do this apart from my family. I, I'm with them all the time. I love, I, I go six hours without seeing them and it feels like six months. God knew me better than I knew me. And that wasn't the life he designed me for. And I'm thankful that in that moment, God was like, uh -uh, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. You're about ready to make a huge change in your life that it might seem like it's a good thing, but ultimately it's not what I have for you. Because I was going to think, I was just going to plan on just, uh, you know, serving in the church, being a good Christian, helping where I can. But God had a different plan, and it was to follow him completely with that call of ministry. Let's look at a, a scripture. Who are we living for in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Has anyone had someone physically die a death for you? Probably not. But if you have someone that's there, that's willing to do that ultimate sacrifice for you, I kind of think they want what is best for you on every plane and every level. And Jesus did. See, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Galatia, and they, they were just like, having a hard time getting their mind around the fact that Jesus loved them that much that all we needed was him. And he's trying to tell them, he loves you that much, he died, he gave his life, that we just have to surrender. So what is it today that you need to surrender? Is it fear? Is it disappointment? Is it rejection? Is it maybe pain and sickness that you just need to say, God, I'm going to trust you with this? Is it something in any kind of relationship or your finances or your future that you just need to surrender because you're like, I can't figure it out. <laughs> but, I got, but God, I know that you can. 
in Mark chapter 8. It says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Now, that can sound scary. You're like, well, I mean, how many people spend their life trying to discover who they are, what they are, and what they're about? Let me just cut to the chase and say, you're a Christ follower, you're a Christian, you're a child of God, that's who you are, that's what you're about, and everything we do is meant to glorify Him. It's that simple. Or, you're thinking, well, if I, if I really surrender to His purpose for my life, if I really, really say, God, I surrender, I give you my everything, that somehow He's going to make you do something you don't want to do. I think as new believers, we all kind of thought that. You know, if I really surrender to God, you know, what's He going to have me do? I mean, is he going to ship me off to Antarctica? You know, is he going to have me in a mud hut in some jungle somewhere? God, I don't want to fully surrender because, you know, I don't want to end up. Relax. If he wanted you there, he'd put a desire in your heart that testified with that call. And you'd be excited about it. Yeah, I want to go live in Antarctica. I want to go save penguins. I want to go live in a mud hut somewhere. I mean, but if he hasn't put that in your heart, take a sigh of relief. He's created you unique for the abilities and things that he wants you to do and have him to work through you and glorify him through it. There's things that you do that I'll never do. There's things that I do that you'll never do. That's why we're the body of Christ. We kind of overlap. And it says that all men will know that we are his disciples for the love that we have for one another. So when we're out in our daily, we've got to be showing love to people. Showing them that we care. Surrender sometimes our own thought of what we think needs to have happen. Because sometimes when someone needs us the most, it's when you're the busiest. And you think, oh gosh, how am I going to do this or that? But that's when God shows up. You know, a life goal I want you to think about is Matthew 6, the scripture. And see what God does. In Matthew 6, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Because we want to strive, we want to get and achieve and do and make all these things happen in our own strength and our own ability. But God's saying, put me first. Allow me to be God in your life and all these things that you're so stressed out about, don't worry about them. Either they'll pale in comparison of what you think is really important and you'll let them go or you'll be like, oh, wow, God, you did this anyway. Kind of to fast forward, since I didn't take the military route, did do the police route and got my degree in criminal justice and went down that road for a while, but I also was in, in management and industry. And when I was in management and industry, there was a, a season where everything was just clicking. I mean, I was putting God first. We were part-time uh, staff on church as youth pastors, uh, actually living with Pastor Bob, and things were just clicking. I was still in management. Things were still going. And and I was at work, and a guy I worked with stopped me one day. And uh, he said, you know, Rick, I don't go to church. I'm not into all that kind of stuff. But I see something different. This isn't, ooh, hey, me. But he goes, I see something different. He goes, you don't play the religious game of you just do the church thing. He goes, you're the real deal. I see something in you that's genuine. And things are, are clicking for you. And I walked away from that conversation going, wow, God. I mean, I, my heart's desire is to show the love of Christ in all that we do. And thank you for that opportunity. 
And this guy, oh man, we were just stupid together. We would laugh until our sides hurt crying laughing. We were just dumb, sarcastic, just, we were ridiculous. But we were friends. And years later, I saw him at a gas station and I wasn't there anymore. Fast forward, I actually left there to pursue full-time ministry. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I saw him and he's like, hey, never guess where I'm at. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Because yeah, I have a church. What? Started telling me about his walk with Christ. I'm like, wow, that is so cool that he's following Jesus. But if we think about what we want to achieve in our own strength, we would miss it. If we don't surrender to his will, we're going to miss these small opportunities in what we do. I want to look at something, and honestly, it's okay to want things and have desires after things, but they have to be second to what God wants for you. Don't put those things before his will and your walk. Don't compromise who you are and what you are for something that maybe he doesn't want you to pursue. But there's things in my own life, my own family, that I've wanted to experience or achieve or do that I've been blown away by God's ability to do things that I could have never done in my own strength. Things that, that we've been able to do and accomplish and achieve and and participate in that I could have never done if I clawed after these things. Putting him first, he's able to do things that we can't. In Philippians chapter 2, it says, For God who works in you, that's what we want, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I mean, for God to work and will his good pleasure in us, what do we have to do? We have to lay down control. Because he's given us free will. We could do what we want. He's not going to make us do anything. But when we surrender those things, and there might even be bad things. It could be things that are like, well, it's just something he doesn't want me to do. I mean, there was a season in my life where I was getting more serious about the following the call, and I even thought about, I went to my wife and said, you know, I'm thinking about maybe laying down martial arts. I've been doing it most of my life, and some of you know I've been teaching now for 30 years, and uh, this was years ago, about 15 years ago, and, and she's like, what do you feel like, God's telling you to do that? I'm like, well, no. She's like, well, then why are you going to lay it down? I'm like, I don't know, just, so some things, you think, oh, if I submit to God, I'm going to have to lay all these things down that I enjoy, but I felt the peace about it, and I've been able to have communi- communication and contacts with people I would have never otherwise and the thing is, God wants to work through you where you're at. So don't be all afraid. Well, if I, if I surrender, if I really give God my everything, what's he going to do to me? Relax. <laughs> Relax. He just wants you to surrender so he could work through you, both to will and to work his good pleasure, and see what he does. When we're surrendered to him, number two, the fill in the blank, my joy is complete in him. That my joy is complete. I mean, for many, the American dream is what? Happiness. Joy. And that's what I was going after. But really, happiness is a fleeting emotion that just comes and goes. Next thing you know, it's gone. You're like, yeah, you're happy one day. Woo! And all of a sudden, why am I so bummed out tomorrow? Because <laughs> that's how emotions work. You know, we're called to be believers no matter what we see. And that's hard. There's sometimes I don't feel very Christian. There's sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel very Christ-like today. (laughs) It's not about how we feel. It's about the spiritual truth that we know. 
So let's let the guilt roll off when you're like, man, I don't feel very much like a Christian. Well, that's okay. That's a feeling. But what we know is spiritual truth that Jesus died for you. So no matter how you're feeling, shake that off and know that he wants to do more. When we surrender our own pursuits, we think, what's going to happen? But he wants something. And there's a scripture I really want to share. It's about a true, deep joy. What's the secret? John 15. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you could do nothing. So I want you to picture a vine. Now you're probably picturing something that looks like a little bitty stick. Think bigger. <laughs> I want you to think about the world's largest vine in London. It was planted in like 1769. The, the root, the base of this thing is like 13 feet in diameter. It has branches on average like 100 and some feet long and the longest one was over like 250 feet long. This thing is huge. It's been around for centuries. Now that's a vine. <laughs> Jesus is saying, I am the vine that you, all of us here, we are the branches. We are the offshoots of that vine. We are the ones that bring life to our community. We are the ones that bring strength and health and healing to those around us. But you cut that leaf off, what's going to happen? It's going to just wither up and just go away. We got to stay grafted in him, connected in him. You know what's cool about this giant vine? If you look at this, this thing is so just enormous. The root system, they will not allow anything to grow where the roots are. It's cultivated. There's not even grass growing where the root system is because they don't want anything to sap any nutrients from the ground that's meant for this giant vine. And I was thinking about this today with this message. And I believe God's trying to speak to us that he's that vine and anything that we plant near that root system is going to affect us. So we planting things near the root system of our own vine that's sapping strength from us that God never put there. So as we think about that, God, was there, was there things that, that are just draining me that shouldn't be there? Because he wants us to live an abundant life. And let's look at the rest of the scripture. It says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire, yikes, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, I will remain, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Now wait for it. We'll see a drum roll. Wait for it. Here it is. That I have told you so that my joy, my joy will be in you. Whose joy? His joy. Why don't you say it? Whose joy? His joy. Why don't you say it? Whose joy? His joy. His joy cannot be manufactured. We can't trump up. We can't manufacture. We can't try to make that kind of joy. It's temporal. Any kind of joy that we manufacture is here one second, gone the next, wondering why we're sad moments later. But he's saying, abide in me, that my joy may be in you. And then what? And that 
your joy will be made, will be completed, will be complete. So when we have his joy in us, all of a sudden our joy is complete because we have something that's real on the inside that's not manufactured. So surrender. Surrender to completeness, to real joy that we have to be grafted into his vine. So maybe point three, what do I need to surrender? What do I need to surrender? I don't have an answer for you. I can't tell you what you need to surrender. That's between you and God. And if anyone tries to tell you otherwise, you need to tell them to take the plank out of their own eye. Oh, you know, you should probably, no. I can't dictate that for anybody. But the thing is, what do we need to surrender? It's different for everybody. What you have to surrender is maybe different than what I have to surrender. You have to let go of some things. I had to let go of that career, that corporate ladder that I was climbing up. And things were really bumping for me. I mean, I had a really good job. I had two brand new vehicles. And uh, I remember one time at a staff meeting, the guy that was in charge got this crazy look in his eye and he says, Rick, I want you to stay after, after this meeting. And he had this crazy grin about him. I'm like, what's this about? I don't think I'm in trouble. He looks pretty happy. Everybody left and he's like, hey, you want my job someday? Like, wow, that'd be quite an honor. Because I'll tell you how, how you do it. We're going to do this, this, and this. We're going to develop a growth track, and we're going to get you to a position where you could be at this desk someday. Great guy. I mean, he was a good friend of mine. We went to play racquetball at lunch. I mean, he's like, it's got a great future for you. I mean, at one point, I was overseeing uh, $13 million worth of cost reduction projects, and I was getting flown to Michigan and Tennessee on a moment's notice where I'd call home and say, hey, I've got to be in Tennessee for a week, and my plane leaves at 2 today. Um, things were clicking. But all the while, I knew that even though I was still kind of like one foot, you know, halfway in ministry because I was on staff at our church as a youth pastor, but I knew that God was asking me to do more and surrender that completely. And the time came where I was offered to come on full-time and answer that call full-time. And I remember going out to the park at my lunch and just praying and saying, God, I... I know this is your will. See, the obedience part, that was easy. It's like, okay, God, I'll do it. But you know what's hard? The willingness. Let's be real. And things were looking awesome. I mean, career-wise, the upper mobility, the things that were happening, it was just, it was good. But I remember him, I felt like I had my hands so tight on this future that I was building. And he was saying, Rick, it's time. And I knew it. And he began opening my hand. So you need to begin to. And I, I remember tears running down my face as I prayed. And I felt like he was telling me, let me help you let go of this and surrender what you think is your plan. But I've got bigger plans, different plans. I remember feeling like my hand was beginning to open. And it wasn't immediate to where I had my hands ready to receive what he had for me. I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm a little afraid. Some of the math doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyway because I trust you. We're going to do this. And what happened was, it was almost 20 years ago in, uh, when I was 30 that I stepped into that call. And I've never looked back. It was easy to say, God, I'll do what you say. But sometimes our, our head and our heart get in the way. 
But I thought that was a big deal. But you know what? Compared to what Jesus did, <laughs> nothing. Compared to what he did, because in the garden before his crucifixion, Jesus said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We can't be Lord and Savior of our own life and our own destination. Only he could do that. So shake it off. What is it you need to surrender that feels like it's overwhelming? Because if you're so overwhelmed by it, it's not meant for you to carry. It's not meant for you to have the weight of those things on you. Let it go. In 1 Corinthians, we look at who we are. It says, we do not know, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought at a price. We are not our own to say, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and this is going to happen, just as the scripture says. We can't be our own uh, tour guide of our own destiny because we're going to end up in the wrong location. Even if you have good intentions, you might end up down in the wrong destination and, and be unhappy about what you thought you were going to be happy about. We've all done it. Yay, I got to where I was going to go, and it's not what I thought it was going to be like. Oops, we've all done it. And God's saying, let go. I remember a time when I surrendered. Even though I was a Christ follower, I remember a time in worship, and I'd, I'd seen people, I used to make fun of people that were like fully engaged in worship. It was terrible. I remember seeing someone with their hand up just worshiping, praising God, and leaning over my buddy. I'm like, hey, look, somebody's got a question. <laughs> like, Rick, that's terrible. You're awful. I'm like, well, a very sarcastic sense of humor. But uh, I remember being kind of at the end of my rope where I just felt like, a lot of stress, a lot of things not going on. I remember it was about that same period in my life when I was 30, thought I was having a heart attack. And I was out at the Chevy's restaurant in Champaign, and you know, those great big sombreros, where I was kind of laughing with my wife, and we're like, I think I'm having a hat attack, the giant hat, I think it's coming to get me. I mean, my heart was hurting. I'm like, what's going on? I'm only 30. You know what it was? Stress. I went to the doctor, and he's like, well, your cardio, everything looks good. And he told me things I never wanted to hear. You have to cut some things out of your life. I left there so bummed out. I'm like, what do I cut out? I'm in management in this corporation, and I, I'm in ministry with uh, the youth group, and I, I got a family, and I've got all these things going on. You mean I can't just take a pill and make the pain go away? Yeah. I had to reevaluate. And I remember surrendering. It was on a Wednesday night at church, being like, God, I'm going to surrender everything. I'm looking around everybody with their hands up. I'm just going to be one of them. I'm not going to care what anyone says about me or what they think of me. It's just me and you right now, God. So I surrender. I just, boom, I give you my everything. I'm going to surrender all of this to you. And just like by faith we're made believers through Christ, just by faith that we receive things from God, I received just a knowing that he had me. I mean, when we surrender... It's like saying, God, you are the one that's going to take charge. I don't care what someone's going to say about me around here or, or do this. Or that. I'm going to surrender to you, fully abandoned to you. I'm going to give you my absolute everything. Surrender it all. Because it says in his word that when we draw close to him, what's he do? He draws close to us. We have to take a step. If we just go, God, fix it. He's saying, you got to take a step close. To, you got to draw next to him. You got to come close to me. We have to take a step. He's not going to force his victory on you. Here, take that. 
It says, draw close to me, and I will draw close to you. So surrender. Surrender like your life depends on it, because it does. I remember I had a near-drowning experience in a lake, and uh, someone I didn't even know was dunking people, and this dude was like shoving me like way deep. I mean, I felt the water temperature change. It was so cold where I was. He pushed. I, was, I felt his feet kicking me down. This guy was just being a whatever. And, uh, and all of a sudden I thought, he's not letting me up. Like, I'm getting a little panicked here. So what I'm going to do? I'm just going to chill. Went completely just still. Like, he's going to probably think he drowned me or, I, or I'm dead. I don't know. Or just, and all of a sudden I just floated up to the surface I remember trying to be extra um, dramatic. I already had my eyes open underwater, so when I broke the water surface, I stared right at him and just went. He's like, oh, crap. He's <laughs> like, all right, I think I'm in trouble now. But see, I had to surrender, because you, know, you hear about people trying to uh, get rescued when they're drowning, and they almost drown the rescuer. I had to surrender and say, God, I'm just going to chill my life depended on it in that moment. So I want you to surrender today. I want you to surrender today like your life depends on it. If you could, if everyone could stand up right now, we're going to surrender, and I'm going to grab my white flag again. Thanks, Kevin. And what we're going to do is I want you to surrender. And you're going to have an opportunity to surrender because we're going to have little miniature white flags all around the front of this right here. They're tissues. And in a minute, I want you to come up and grab a tissue as your white flag and say, I'm surrendering it. Whatever it is. Maybe it's concern. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's about something that happened to you and you're just still carrying something that happened to you maybe five years ago or two decades ago and it's still just eating you alive. Surrender it. Maybe somebody did you wrong and you're still holding on to it. Surrender that today. Maybe something has just gone completely sideways in your life and you're like saying, God, I need to give this to you. It's not a weight for me to carry. So today, whatever you're carrying, I want you to surrender it. And as they begin to sing, I want you to come down and grab one of these like it's your own little white flag. You can stay up here if you want. I encourage you to stay up here or you can go back to your seat and just worship him and just surrender. Whatever it is that's standing in your way of what God has for you. Maybe you don't even know what it is you need to surrender. You just know you just want to surrender. So as they sing, come on down and surrender to him.
some things down, to pick up the white flag? What is it you need to lay down and surrender today? Maybe you're crushed with disappointment. Maybe you feel defeated today. And you just need to know that God has something better in store for you today. As I was praying, I feel like more than just a couple people, but a few people that are dealing with some form of addiction that you don't know how to surrender to God in this. That it's difficult for you to lay it down. You feel like a, a slave to that thing. And it feels like you're a prisoner captive to it. Surrender to God. Lay it down. I feel like someone's dealing with hurt right now that in their mind, in their heart, they're saying, oh, Pastor Rick, you have no idea the anger that's in my heart. You have no idea the rage that I feel about this. And you're right, I don't. But God does. He sees it. He sees your pain. He's not happy with it. You didn't authorize it. It happened to you. It was done to you. You didn't cause it. Surrender it. Surrender it to Him. It's not your identity. And Father, as people right now are laying things down, surrendering, as they look at it, I want them to say goodbye to it and never to pick it up again. What you're surrendering today, don't pick it up again. Bury it. Don't revisit it. Don't check on it. Say, no, I surrendered that. It's done. On this day in November, I surrendered that. I buried that. I had a service saying goodbye to that. And now I'm going to walk in a new victory. I'm surrendered to you, Father God. I'm surrendered to you. Don't pick it back up. And today, if you've never invited Christ in your life and you still haven't surrendered to that level, surrender to Him today. We can't figure it all out. We, we can't connect all the dots, but I do know that God's a good God. He loves you and He wants to know you. So if you could just repeat the simple prayer after me of inviting Christ into your life, basically you're saying, God, I need you. That's all it is. So please pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I surrender myself to you right now. Forgive me of my mistakes. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Help me turn from those old things. Because in you is my victory. In Jesus' name, amen. You surrender today. The things that he doesn't want you to have, the things that you know that you shouldn't be carrying around. Every time you think about it, no, 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 I'm not picking that back up. It's gone. I surrender to him. Amen. Have a blessed day and go free. In Jesus' name.